What's up, Debbie Peoples? Kyle and Eric. Back. Kyle, how you feeling, man? Not great. What's the matter, buddy? The balls let me down. Yeah, I know. There's been a lot of that this season so far, hasn't there, my friend? Yeah. At least I'm not an Alabama fan. That kind of seems worse at the moment. Although they still won their game. <laughs> These are the weeks where I'm glad to have no allegiance to any team at all because I just don't care what happens. Except for you know, as long as guys score points and my fantasy teams don't suck. <laughs> oh man, uh, lots of good football again this week. I think some a lot of disappointing football too. Like not just Tennessee and Alabama, but the quarterbacks we like were pretty crappy. Some more horrendous injuries to guys we like. I mean, every useful tight end that's not Jatavian Sanders or Brock Bowers is now injured. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. Have you have you dodged the injury bug? Um, I was never able to get Bowers or Gadsden, so I'm good there. Um, man. I don't think any of my guys have gotten injured yet. Um Gabe Irvin got is out for the season now. He wasn't even doing that great, so he was on my bench, but he's on IR now. I mean, I, I feel for the man. For fantasy, I don't care. He had a decent week this week. He was getting close to 15. I mean, he was getting there. He just um, – they looked – honestly, Nebraska looked a lot better after they benched Jeff Sims, so I w- was kind of hoping he'd do better – throughout the rest of the season, but that's not going to be the case, obviously. I still have some Anthony Grant laying around, so maybe he'll do something. <laughs> I think I purged the Grant from my rosters in the offseason. Those he those low-claim leagues, you know. Yeah, uh, he, he was a supplemental casualty for sure. Yeah, that's uh, a, lot of, a lot of that going around, but some exciting, some fun games too. So what was uh, what was the highlight of the week for you? I fell asleep because it started at 10 p.m. Eastern, but I watched the entire regular time of Colorado and Colorado State, and it was a very fun game. Um, I uh, I picked Colorado in like the the office pick on pool thing, um, but I was rooting for Colorado State just because I figured that was the more fun uh, ending. But yeah, I mean, underdogs always fun to cheer for, right? And um... That gave him some fireworks. Not just Tory Horton, but uh, Louis Brown went for 131 yards. Dallin Hoker went for over 100. I mean, that's it's pretty cool. Sounds like the the quarterback change has really helped loosen that offense up a little bit. Yeah, Fowler Nicolosi looks a lot better than Millen has there, which is a bit of a surprise considering how much some of us liked Millen. But we'll we'll, we'll talk about that. I think. We'll get there. Yeah, I didn't get to watch that much myself. Watched, uh, I watched the Florida State game for the most part. I was fun. I was scared when Travis got hurt, but and he got better. Hey, Thomas Castellanos, though that was he had himself a day trying to. It was fun to work, to man. I was, I was, um, I was talking to Jared Wackerly about something. We were texting back and forth. He was like, "Oh, dude, that kid could run." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a lot of fun. He was uh, he's a one man wrecking crew trying to keep that game close. 
yeah, what else was fun? Uh, I guess I guess if we're gonna start dabbling into our top performers, uh, not to start at the top of the list, but Malik Neighbors going off. You yeah, watch that one at all? I uh, was flipping in and out of that game. He um, was definitely pretty impressive. You gave me crap right after that game for picking Darius Taylor <laughs> over Malik Neighbors and our start sits, and then. Hey, Taylor had like 30 himself, so. He did well as well, yes. But uh, I think Neighbors went for like 40 points. I, I think I won. I won in that league anyway. So it was okay. <laughs> I, I think we'll, okay. We'll, we'll have to go back and like add up all the points each one of our picks got and see how we did last week. <laughs> go head to head. At least maybe just measure the ones that we disagree on. Yeah. So what was your uh, your favorite ballers of the week? Oh, Kadon Salter won me a league by himself. Um, mm. It was a league with some bonuses to it, so he ended up with sixty fantasy points for me. Um, yeah, I was I was mad about starting Samson Evans in that league. He got me like six points, and then I had Kadon Salter and Ashton GT get sixty and like thirty five. So it didn't really matter who I started after I got those two. Um, for reference, he had 344 passing yards, five passing touchdowns, 10 rushes for 66 rushing yards, and a rushing score. Um, he's a guy who's just immensely talented, was a former high four-star recruit, if I remember correctly, um, started his career at Tennessee, got kicked off the team for some boneheaded uh, off-the-field stuff, and then transferred to Liberty and now has a starting job and is showing that he still has SEC athleticism and is just going to kick ass in the CUSA. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd had some Salter last year and then dropped him after he was unable to win the job. So that was stupid of me. It looks like he's <laughs> on that Bo Nix type trajectory at this point. Yeah, something like that. Well, Penix did his usual beat down, uh, 473 yards, four tutties. Darren Granger from Georgia State with a nice game, 466 yards and three tutties. Yeah, we're heavy on the quarterbacks this week. I got um, yeah. Dylan Gabriel, the Oklahoma quarterback, threw for 421 yards and five touchdowns against a pretty bad Tulsa defense. So he had himself a day, led me to a – Another win by himself. Well, him and Jaden Daniels both had 45 in that league. Catapulted me to a win. Yeah, man. It's tough to win in the CFF if you don't have the elite quarterbacks, for sure. Yeah. It's just not always easy to tell before the season starts who that's going to be. Yeah. Well, well, one other quarterback we have listed here who I think we probably saw coming at this point was Garrett Schrader, the Syracuse quarterback. Definitely knows how to use his legs and uses them well. Had four rushing touchdowns last week and rushed for like 190 rushing yards, I think. And like the last play of the game, he could have gone for a 75-yard touchdown, but it like the game was in hand, so he just like stopped after running like 40 yards, but he could have easily scored. It was one of those like naked boot plays that he is just so good at that naked boot. He makes it look like he doesn't have the ball. Yeah, it's crazy. He's a he's a good college quarterback trader. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Fun. Dynamic. Who else you got? I got two wide receivers. I got Tory Horton, the Colorado State wide receiver. 
um, mixing it up against Travis Hunter a little bit until Hunter, you know, got hurt in that game. But he had 16 receptions, 133 yards, and a touchdown on 17 targets. I think Horton really showed that he's an NFL player in the future, I think. Um, he definitely has great hands. He had some really good catches on the, near the sideline. Um, and this offense is going to hum with Braden Fowler and Nicolosi at the helm. So I'm excited to see him throughout the rest of the season. And then my other wide receiver is out of Georgia State. Uh, you mentioned Darren Granger, the Georgia State quarterback. I'll mention that his wide receiver one, Robert Lewis, who had six receptions for 220 yards and two touchdowns. Stealing my thunder, dude. He was in the breakouts column. <laughs> I think I was going to put him there, too. I, I know I have him on waivers. So. Kind of the works. You just like there. my legs right out from underneath me. <laughs> Some people deserve to be in both columns, okay? Who's your, who's your last one here? I, I You have Devin Neal on there. That's not for me. Oh, you have Nate Noel. Oh, yeah. I forgot about <laughs> Nate Noel. Yeah. Casual 178 yards. Noel's a funny one because he was like – he was supposed to be the guy last year and then like wasn't really the guy. And then we were all like a little bit off of him this year and he's doing what we wanted him to do. He's been prolific over the past few weeks. Yeah, for sure. And as you mentioned, my last one, Devin Neal wasn't expected to play and then was suddenly warming up and then did play ended up with 17 carries for just 89 yards, but got into the end zone three times and added a 59-yard reception. Who did they play? Nevada. Right on, my man. Um, time for some breakouts. And we had some fun ones. I almost put Holker on there, but you you put Holker on there. You have but to you put Dallin Holker on there. Holker he's the I wanna, CFF I tight end one. one. And he's only played two games and when everybody else has played three. <laughs> in this game against Colorado, he had six receptions, 109 yards, and two touchdowns. Looked like a future NFL player, I think. Um, definitely yeah. has that type of athleticism. He's a little on the small side, but um, Dal Dalton Kincaid was first-round pick. So at, the, at this point, I don't even know what to think about the size at the tight end position, but um, he was just incredible. If he's still on your waiver wire, I think he's 29% owned, so he could still be on your waiver wire. Um, drop the bank, I think. He's he's an anchor tight end um, yeah. for CFF, I think. Yeah, and he's a guy we were high on coming into the offseason, too. I think we had him as a top 10, top 12 type tight end, and that is panning out. So, uh, young man, we talked about already, Braden Fowl, the Nicosi, CSU, 383 yards, three tutties, three interceptions. But you know what? I'll take that. I'll take the three hey, interceptions. The, th the thing about Fowler Nicolosi in this offense compared to Clay Millen is that he's willing to take the shot. I think Clay Millen's dot was like three, and Fowler Nicolosi's in, in this game starting was like seven and a half. So um, definitely pushing the ball down the field a little more. Um, but this offense does still thrive on those short area passes to, you know, Horton and Ross Simmons and Holker. Um, they just do so well with the ball in their hands. But, you know, adding that downfield threat is just going to make this offense even better. And I think I want every piece of this offense I can get going forward, especially once they get into conference play where they'll be 
matched athletically with their yeah. opponents. Nick Nicolosi, a, a, a true sophomore from what I can see, unless he transferred in. So that's that's exciting. It's kid's got a lot of football up to play at the college level. Um, you know, and and again, like I love it when a guy comes in and elevates the offense, right? Like Horton was fine either way, but like it was Horton was the offense with Millen and um you know, having three guys over 100 yards. Yeah, it's Colorado. The the defense is a little bit of a sieve, but uh, nonetheless, that's still. They're going to play other sieves when they play, you know, Air Force and um, all these other Mountain West teams that play suspect defense. Nevada is a horrible pass defense, for instance. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, and then Robert Lewis, the aforementioned, who went for 220 yards, and that wasn't his first big game this season either but you know he's showing consistency and that's just that's another level of production and it was it was it was explosive plays for him too. no he's he's been a bit of a target hog i think he's up near you know eight to ten and all the first three yeah. weeks even if the production wasn't there and i think the georgia state wide receiver one is somebody that's worth targeting so um obviously darren granger is a good fantasy quarterback he's throwing for 300 yards a game you want his wide receiver one um, and it seems that Robert Lewis has separated himself. So definitely a guy that is breaking out. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, a guy we've been high on all season, LJ Martin, a uh, player from BUIU, true freshman, 77 yards, two touchdowns, two receptions, getting all the work for BYU. Against Arkansas. Yeah. Like they didn't, they weren't playing a scrub team. They trusted the freshman to lead the way against Arkansas and he led him to a victory. And led this him is to a team, victory. Yeah. This is a team that wants rushing the ball to be their identity. And this is a team that doesn't and shouldn't trust Keaton Slovis to throw the ball often. So I think LJ Martin is going to have a hell of a season and going forward into, you know, next year and the year after that, I think he'll be very, very good for CFF. I mean, this is the same staff that made Tyler Algier, a top 10 fantasy running back in college. So, yeah. And, and an NFL draft pick, you know, and Martin might be on that trajectory. I don't know how athletic he is, but certainly prolific in high I school mean, seems to be not as athletic as Algier. I mean, Algier was a freak of nature, but uh, Martin definitely brings some receiving chops that Algier didn't have. He was a freak, but he ran like a four six or something. He wasn't fast. That's why. Yeah, but he was huge. He was big. Yeah, he was big for sure. Um, and another guy that we liked coming into the offseason, I've already dropped. <laughs> you know, yeah, I almost picked him up in that league. You dropped him. I was so close to pulling the trigger. Well, you should have. Yeah, I think I still can. can. <laughs> yeah, I'll beat each other this week. week. Yeah, uh, I mean, a lot of people are going to look at that like a fluke, but we had reason to believe the offense was going to flow through him uh, this offseason. And I, it could, I don't know, because the ball's been going other places. I do think he's the best player there but uh, we're talking about ricky white unlv a uh, guy that had a little mini breakout last year but not like this 12 receptions 165 yards that is that's a game yeah i believe it's uh jacob de jesus is the other wide receiver the fcs transfer who's done pretty well gotten some targets for himself too i definitely think it's a two wide receiver offense though so um one of those guys is going to go off every week and it's probably going to be white more often than not, I think. And they, I think I can excuse some of his past performances because they've played some pretty tough teams. I mean, Michigan was their week two opponent. I don't remember who they played in week one. But, 
even this game was against Vanderbilt, so that's pretty impressive for a G5 wide receiver. And a G5 wide receiver by way of the P5 four-star recruit. So I had one last guy that I threw in there. He's a different flavor than all these other guys, too, and that is Oklahoma freshman Nick Anderson in the blowout against Tulsa. Not a terrible team. Catches three patches for three touchdowns and 120 yards, averaging 40 yards per reception. Is this going to happen next week? Hell no. But, I mean, <laughs> no, it's, this it's is nice. This is fool's gold if you're playing, like, CFF only. But CFF, if you're playing yeah, C- yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if you're playing C2C, watching a guy shatter his year 1-0 in one game is kind of fun. Yeah, for sure. So, and we think but the, we yeah, both this like was Arnold all garbage won. time. I'm pretty sure Arnold was the quarterback for all three of these, but yeah, but I, yeah. I think you you know you might have a promising future with Arnold Anderson. Oh, absolutely. Way, you know, yeah. might be the kind of Oklahoma team we've been wanting for for CFF and for <laughs> Debbie for for a long time and not getting. So, what do you got out here? I got. A, another G5 wide receiver. I got Colin Lacey out of South Alabama. They uh, upset Oklahoma State and just killed them, honestly. I think that final score was like 35-7 to seven in favor of South Alabama. Um, so good on them and good on their wide receiver one, Colin Lacey, who had five receptions for 104 yards and two touchdowns. He has been a rack machine this year. I believe he's averaging 13 yards after the catch per reception yeah, this that. season. Um, so just, you know, catching the ball and making plays with the ball in his hands. That's the kind of guy that a a quarterback's going to trust. And the other big news out of South Alabama, which is disappointing for many, Devin Voison, the wide receiver two in that offense tore his ACL in this game and will be out for the season. So rest in peace to him. That's always sad to hear. But one door closes, another one opens, and Colin Lacey is going to be even more prolific for the rest of the season, most likely. And then we'll stay in the G5 real quick, and I have Louisiana Lafayette quarterback Zion Chris uh, gets in the game after Ben Woolridge gets hurt, and he is an athlete, and he showed that. Um, 14 for 20 passing the ball, only 174 yards and one touchdown but six carries for 103 yards and two touchdowns. He is an athletics freak. He is a like track level speedster Um, and playing quarterback with that kind of speed at the G five level is a bit of a cheat code. So I'm excited to see what he can do for the rest of the season with Woolridge out for a little while. Maybe he won't even get the opportunity to give that job back. Yeah. A couple more guys that I'd thrown in here. Uh, I think Nate Collum might be one of the most exciting breakouts in all of college football this week. Clearly playing with an elite quarterback, Nate Collum of UNC, um, who had been in a battle with Kobe Pesor for the slot snaps there. Well, looks like the battle's been decided to me. Uh, 20 targets. 15 receptions, 165 yards, a tutty. I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody wanted Drake Mace wide receiver one, and I think that's very fair because he is such a great quarterback. Um, a lot of people thought it was going to be Devontae Walker. Obviously, he's not able to play because of the NCAA being stupid, 
But um, Nate McCollum is playing Georgia Tech transfer, and he definitely seems to be May's favorite target. And then um, my last guy here is TCU running back Amani Bailey. 23 carries, 126 yards, one touchdown, three receptions. Um, just another big game for Bailey. I believe I had him as a breakout last week, so um, just cementing that status for us. Um, definitely a guy I think you should pick up. I think he fits into that Kendra Miller type role, and Miller was a top 20 back last season, and I think they're going to pass the ball even less because Chandler Morris is worse than Max Dugan. So I think more runs uh, equals more opportunity for Imani Bailey, and I think he'll have a great CFF season at TCU. Yeah, every week the carries have been tilting more in his favor and more away from Trey Sanders. Trey Sanders still getting the short yardage and goal line work. Yeah, that is the bummer. Yeah, it's a bummer. So you think you're gonna have a little bit of a capped upside from Bailey? He's not gonna have those, th- you know, three touchdown, forty point weeks. But I think he might have a nice floor here of you know twelve to fourteen points with some spike weeks as he really goes off. Yeah, he's a guy. He's a guy who can break one from like 30 yards yeah. out. So well, Cannon does, you know, yeah. um, one more guy that uh, I didn't put on the show sheet, but uh, one Nate Johnson of Utah, who again, it, playing in relief of uh, injured cam rising. And yep. he's been getting a few snaps here and there. And this week he seems to have gotten a substantial amount of snaps. And this is a guy that we know for his rushing ability and certainly did rush well. 16 carries, 71 yards, touchdown, but also threw the ball pretty well. You know, uh, thir- you know, 13 of 21 for 193 and one against Webster, sure. But, uh, you know, also had 75% completion rate against Florida, which seems to be a really good defense this year. So, you know, maybe this is a kid that is a true dual threat, not just a rushing threat and uh, a guy that we should be paying more attention to than we are. Yeah, I think you know my thoughts on camerizing, so I don't think this is Nate Johnson's job by any means, but um, definitely possibly going forward into next year when if Rising were to go pro. Could yeah, be very that's more of a Debbie, Debbie take than a CFF take. Um, but, you know, Nate Johnson, true sophomore, plenty of football to play. Uh, Maybe he know, switches just, to running back like another former Utah quarterback. But this one can throw the ball. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh, right. And then, sorry, my friend. We also have our section to deal with here. Um, The busts. What do you got? What do you got, Kyle? You want to lead it off? Oh, wait. Oh. Faster than that. (laughs) It it took so long to load after I pressed play. We suck. We need a soundboard. I have a soundboard. I can get it up. Well, my first bust, um, I, I mentioned it in the intro, Tennessee. Just the entire offense, except for Brew McCoy. I think Brew McCoy turned in a, like a 20-point performance. Um, couldn't get going on the ground like many expected them to do. I mean, Jalen Wright looked good in this game. Um, definitely ran with some power, had some plays where he looked like he was stacked up and then added like six more yards. Um so this was a game that didn't make me feel good about Jalen Wright for CFF, but made me feel good about Jalen Wright for Devi. Uh, I don't know. But Jabari Small didn't look good. Dylan Sampson didn't get the ball at all, which was weird. 
and the offense as a whole just looked bad. Squirrel White didn't really get open much. Dante Thornton is bad at football, and um, Ramel Keaton is fine. But, yeah, one of these wide receivers needs to step up. The offensive line needs to play better. And um, Joe could – Joe Melton could stand to do a little better, but I don't think this squarely rests on his shoulders. Hanging all on him, uh, which – I can't really say for some of these other guys here. Um, I mean, look, we, we had a long conversation about Debbie quarterbacks this week. I said, look, Quinn Ewers, he's doing NFL football things. And you said, yeah, against Alabama, like he did last year. And I said, oh, well, we'll see this week. And you know what? He, he didn't do NFL football things against Rice not either. But he couldn't do it against Miami, Wyoming, too. Against Wyoming, 52% passing, 131 yards. Uh, I forget the yards per attempt, but it's like five or six, like really <laughs> low level playing with probably three NFL wide receivers. I'm sorry, Quinn. It's over. It's not JT over, Sanders like, didn't even get a catch either. Like, yeah, how do you JT not get Sanders him is in this ball. section a little bit further down three targets, zero catches. What's up, Quinn? What are What's we up? doing? What are you even doing? And then another guy that we like, or that we both like, uh, J.J. McCarthy. 143 yards passing against Bowling Green State I University. Two touchdowns to three interceptions. <laughs> What's up, J.J.? I jinxed him. I was just talking yeah. about in that show last week. Oh, he's only thrown six incompletions on the season. <laughs> well... But uh, added a, a, a triple up. I think to that. I think his incompletion number is still pretty low because I mean interceptions don't hit the ground, right? <laughs> yeah, man. <It's> bowling <laughs> Green State. I don't know. Like, how does this happen? He has been aggressive. He's been pushing the ball down the field, but I've watched a good amount of his film from this year already. We'll talk about some of that on the show. I think next week we're gonna do. Little Michigan, JJ McCarthy, film uh, watch, and I, I feel like he definitely he slides it into some tight windows or like skates it over the hands of linebackers like pretty frequently. I think it probably has caught up to him in this one. Maybe he was getting a little too confident, but uh, you know what? It's fun to root for a gunslinger, man. And I think JJ's got yeah. a little bit of that DNA in him, so it's gonna happen. I'm more worried about Ewers for sure than Quinn Ewers, by the way. Still yet to complete a pass the right side of the field, plus 20 yards. Oh, for four. Interesting. Interesting. And we need a tracker once he completes one of those passes. While we're talking about my decimated tight end room, Benjamin Urasek, the great hope. The hero (laughs) I mean, he was like the last man standing at this point. Nothing. Him, JT. If you don't have Bowers right now, and you didn't like waiver Holker, you're bumming. Should have drafted Holker, but yeah. yeah well, I drafted I mean, Benjamin Yurasek hey, and Luke Lachey. Uh, Tanner Cozio? <laughs> Ronde Gadsden. Tanner Cozio? Tanner Cozio is right. still living until Brady Hunt comes back. Although last year <laughs> they coexisted, they both played well. Um, yeah, and the yeah, thing about Cozio is last year his catch percentage was something like 50% and it's up near like 80 this year. So better. Yeah, seems to be improved. Yeah. We should have just made a section that was called the tight end graveyard this week. We really <laughs> lost. We missed an opportunity here. 
It's it like a bell Benjamin. ringing. Dum. Dum. <laughs> Benjamin Nero said. Gadsden dead. Uh, Lachey dead. Uh, gosh, man. Hmm. Who else? Who am I missing? Oh, um, Conyers done. Brady Hunt hasn't played him yet this year. There's one more. I'm missing uh, um, whatever. Speaking of injuries, because I think it's important to bring it up. He's not really a bust this week, but he did get injured. Casey Thompson out for the season at FAU. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, that one sucks. That stinks. Um, he was playing that's well. gonna be it's gonna be rough for Lejonte Wester, possibly, but hopefully he'll continue to go. I think Daniel Richardson is the backup, the former Eastern Michigan quarterback. So I think they'll be okay. Hopefully we'll fingers see. crossed. He's no promising. Casey Thompson. No Casey Thompson. Um, got a couple other guys here. I'll rattle them off. Uh, Cedric Alexander. Not shocking. He didn't do well last week either, but seven for 15. So he sounds like he's maybe more of a – you're not dropping him, but you're probably not starting him this year at all. Yeah. Barry and Brown, five targets, two catches, four fantasy points. Kobe Pesor, two targets, one reception. Will Shipley, who has been as solid as any player in CFF this year, 6.5 fantasy points. It's rough. It's rough. You got some? You got some you want to talk about? Let's talk about a couple of your guys. Uh, yeah, I have a couple. Um, Nathan Carter wasn't very awe-inspiring this week. 17 carries for 48 yards. One reception for two yards. Uh, not great for the Michigan State running back. Jaron Bradley, the Texas Tech wide receiver, still put up eight points. I mean, four receptions for 40 yards, but not what we've come to expect for a guy being the wide receiver one in that offense. And then we talked about J.J. McCarthy. I'll bring up the RB1B for Michigan, Donovan Edwards. Nine carries for 50 yards, zero targets. Um, he's really made his his money catching the ball. I think he had nine targets in the first two games, but zero targets in week three. He's only averaging 9.1 fantasy points per game. How panicked are you about Donovan Edwards for CFF? Um, I'm not pleased. I only have a couple shares. Um, I've been pretty high on him. I've been vocally high on him for the NFL. And I'm really – so I cut a Michigan game as I was saying – and um, I'll, I'll, I'll throw up the quorum and the Edwards tape on, on our channel. And uh, Edwards just didn't look great, right? That was, that was UNLV, too. He didn't look great running the ball to yeah. me. So I, I don't know. How panicked are you? I am not a uh, Donovan Edwards bag holder, so does not concern me. But if I yeah. was, I would be quite concerned. I think I'm going to try to find some trade partners, honestly. It could still work out, but I think his rushing ability is just not explosive. He doesn't have good change of direction. Uh, his vision's fine, but I just don't know if he has, like, the athleticism to really react quickly enough. Or maybe he doesn't see quickly enough, but he's always, like, lumbering into holes after they're, you know, kind of passing him by. So not super excited about him at this point. I got more. Well, you got one more. You got Mr. K. Barnes. How'd that go for you this week? Oh, yeah. I forgot I stole him from you. Kavorian Barnes 
an ugly one against Army. And, I mean, we talked about it last Thursday during start sits. I felt fine about Barnes against Army because Army has been so bad against the run. But mm. UTSA could not get anything going on the ground. Um, he had nine carries for 39 yards and a fumble, which put his fantasy point total at something like 1.5 in some leagues. Um, so not very good. Yeah, uh, I think uh, the panic meter is pretty high on Barnes at this point. Yeah, I wasn't that high on him. I mean, I thought he would do good just like as a system thing. But, yeah, it's not great for a guy that you really expected to be like top 30 running back, you know, if you were drafting him where he was going or better. Uh, a couple of rough mm-hmm. ones here. Donovan Smith, who, yeah, he's not a world beater, but I thought he was going to be good for CFF at least in that offense this week. Four fantasy points as a Houston quarterback. 225 yards, but six sacks and two interceptions. Tough to be profitable starting that at your QB1 slot. Uh, Ohio, uh, you know, much-hyped CFF star, (laughs) Fee Bangura, 5.7 fantasy points. That is rough. And a guy we'll talk about shortly again here, Ollie Gordon. Hopefully, Maction is better for Bangura. Hopefully. I would expect it to be, but yeah. uh, I mean, still, you were hoping he was going to at least be getting like targets in these games. Uh, yeah, you know, and then Ollie Gordon, three carries, 12 yards, two receptions, 13 yards, 4.5 points. That is suboptimal, my friend. Yeah. That's it. Are we done with that painful experience of reliving our bus? I think. Um... Let's be a little more painful real quick. We'll pour one out for all the guys who are out for the season. Um, Luke Lachi out for the season. I think it's Lachey. Lachey, sure. That's how the people on the TV say it. <laughs> um, Aronde Gadsden out uh, for the season. Um, not as important, but Micah Bernard. Utah running back out for the season. Devin Voice and South Alabama wide receiver out for the season. Um, I don't think there were, were – do you remember any other big ones that happened recently? Uh, I mean, that's enough for me. I think I know the, we're missing – Nebraska that. running backs, Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson, both out for the season now. Um that's a bummer for me. Yeah. And I think that's about it. It's enough of it. That's enough. You can stop <laughs> that's enough. That. No more pain. No more, no more pain. No more injuries, please. Yeah. Stop or may, may only my opponents. <laughs> may only my opponents get injured. <laughs> yeah, Casey okay, Thompson, man. as we mentioned. Your boy Eugene Wilson got hurt, but he seems to be fine. It sounds like he'll play again next week. Yeah, I kind of wish – I know this is a weird thing to say. I wish he was a little bit more nicked up because I can't get any trades done for him. <laughs> I've been trying. Yeah. Like, that offering one... good trades too. Like I offered someone for Eugene Wilson. Um, Christ, what's the wide receiver two from Arizona? What's that kid's name? Jacob Kerwin. I offered someone cowing and like a seventh 
for Eugene Wilson, and it was like snap projected. I thought that was decent. I'd counter that. Right? I'd want a higher pick, but I would like – I would do that, I think. I I mean, I think that's pretty close. Like, that's an NFL guy that you can play this year and a decent pick. Yeah, I would have gone up to like a third pick in Cowling or a second pick straight up, I think. But, you know. It's tough. Yeah, not ideal. Um, Well, speaking of guys who are dead for the season, (laughs) we'll move to dead – or alive, our next segment, which has to do with guys who are underperforming. And are they people that should stay on our rosters, or are they people who should be dropped? Uh, my first one is Samson Evans, the Eastern Michigan running back, who, uh, much to my chagrin, has not taken the lion's share of the carries. I believe his carry numbers are like 10, 9, and 8. In the first three games, I was excusing it when it was against Minnesota, but this week they played another bad team, and he had eight carries, which he turned into 89 yards. Had a fumble, but Eastern Michigan can't seem to score the football and doesn't want to seem to give Samson Evans 20 carries a game, even though he's averaging six and a half yards per carry. Are we just hoping the coaches start giving him the ball, or are we moving on? I'm not dropping him unless, like, I have a really good alternative. But I also haven't started him since week one. Yeah. I mean, we're still waiting on action. I think that's that's the hope with a guy like that, is that he turns in some good performances on Tuesday nights. So, my first one was Kobe Pesor. Did Nate McCollum kill him, or is this was this a fluke that Pesor was completely out of the uh, the game plan? How bad was it? It's two catches. How many targets? I might have been two two targets, one reception. Hold, on, I wrote it down. Two targets, one reception. Pretty bad, man. I didn't check snap counts, but yeah. Unless there's an injury we're not hearing about. That is tough. I mean, you know, McCollum is a breakout, but he's a breakout in the fact that he didn't play weeks one and two. Um, So it's not like we can excuse this as like Pesor was ahead of him before this. Um, But it seems like McCollum ate his lunch, to put it nicely. So maybe time to move on. I giving him a week, or you're dropping him now. I think it's a snap decision to drop him immediately. But you know, if one of these waiver guys is available and he's who you feel the worst about on your team, I don't fault you. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a third-year player. It's not like he's a sophomore. Very unlikely he has. Okay, wait, it. hold on. I found it. He ran 43 routes. Nate McCollum also ran 43 routes. They tied for first. One of them got two targets. So is that a matchup? And the other one got 21. <laughs> I don't know what it is. That, is, is that a matchup they're exploiting? So I'm not dropping him. I probably wasn't going to drop him. I But I, I, he's not a Debbie asset at this point. So it's like, is he a in-betweener? Like, are you holding him for that 12 points a game ceiling that he's showing? 
kind of like you probably have someone better to drop, but he's probably not on my roster next September, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It definitely seems like him and McCollum are the guys. The right? two guys, yeah. But, but they're like the same player, too, is the thing. I mean, Pesor is a little bigger, I think, but. But do they have another player? Like, do they have somebody else who's a different build? They got a senior that plays outside. They got the four star. Andre Green Jr. is then horrible. Yeah. And then it's so. like Nesbit, Nesbit, and Morales, but the yeah, I don't, there's no wide receiver. There's no wide receiver three that worries me. So I think Pace Horse can have some weeks. And if McCollum were to get hurt again, you're right back. Till that 12 points a game. <laughs> Something right. like that. That's Something the thing. Like I'm that. just like, is that, a, is that a guy that you need on your roster? Or is he, I think this is like a philosophical thing. Or is he like, should it be a drop? If you don't have a 20 point per game ceiling out of a guy and they're not going to the NFL, I think philosophically, I just, those guys are real easy to come by, you know? Yeah, nine targets week one and week two without McCollum. And then two targets with McCollum. Yeah. All right. Moving along. Um, my next one is Arkansas State wide receiver Corey Rucker, who uh, transferred to South Carolina last year, couldn't do anything there, and then transferred back to Arkansas State and has not put up the same kind of numbers he put up two seasons ago. He is currently averaging 5.2 points per game, has target numbers of 4, 10, and 6 in the first three games, but hasn't been a high dot guy, hasn't found the end zone. And Arkansas State, quite frankly, has been horrible. I dropped Rucker after week one. Really? Yeah. I only I'm... had him in, in high turnover leagues, right, open waiver leagues, and I just didn't see it happening. Yeah, that's fair. I'm holding him in the one league I have him, but it's a 24-teamer. Yeah. With nobody on waivers. So. You know, if I if I had one claim a week, maybe I wouldn't have gotten to him yet, but I, I think I put in seven claims that first week or something like that and just turned over a lot of my roster. He was gone. Yeah, I mean, those 10 targets in week two sound a little appetizing, and he's still leading the team in targets this week with seven. Um, they beat up on Stony Brook this week, but can't seem to get anything going. Doesn't seem to be catching the ball. I mean, week two, I, his, his target number of 10 for week two was via fan tracks. PFF credits him with 12 targets. He caught just three passes. Um, it's probably a quarterback problem, but I don't know. Is he an NFL guy? Is he helping my team this year? I don't, you know, unless they got like a freshman, I'm trying not stashing CFF players for next year. You know what I mean? Or unless they were like a superstar. So, yeah, he kind of was a superstar two years ago, though. Two years First ago. Time. And then he had a pretty, pretty nasty injury and basically couldn't get on the field at South Carolina. Like a lot of red marks on the, on the account. But I, who knows? These are the yeah. kind of guys that'll come out of the woodwork next year with a 12 target game and, you know, <laughs> go for a thousand yards on the season. So, yeah. Uh, JT Shroud, the quarterback there, also a former Tennessee quarterback, a la Caden Salter, but much concussed. <laughs> much concussed. 
All right. Uh, my next guy is, in fact, Ollie Gordon. And what are you doing with Ollie Gordon? Is he, like, are we rostering him as a Debbie piece? Because he ain't doing it for CFF. God, the team's so bad. Like, what do you expect him to do? Um, I think it's tough to find anybody I want on Oklahoma State this year. I mean, their wide receivers, like, Stripling's averaging, like, 10, and, like, Presley's averaging, like, 10. But, like, do you want 10 points? Yeah. I don't think either of those guys are going pro if they're averaging 10 points. I don't think anybody on Oklahoma State is worth a dang. Yeah. And he's he, he's got a couple like secondary um stat points that are nice. Like he's actually got a really high elusive rating. Do you know I'm a really mm-hmm. big fan of that? I found it actually correlates to NFL success directly uh and linearly. Um so he was at least like pretty I'm looking for him now and he's dropped off the first couple pages. But after here's like, a cute. here's a stat and it's probably um indicative of how much we shouldn't like him. He had 12 yards on three carries this week. 11 of those yards came after contact against South Alabama. That's rough. That's I don't know if that's you're a saying that's, that's the offensive line more than or him, an right? offensive line problem, but that is rough. One or the other. Someone's like, a problem for sure. Yeah. Uh yeah, well taken. I'm trying to find. I can't even find him on the lucid rating. But you know, some some uh, missed four tackle guys or missed four tackle guys because he's now 94th. Yeah, he he led the team in attempts week two, um, nine to eight, um, and also was second on the team in attempts in week one, but still under 10. This is like a three-headed backfield where each of them get like eight carries. So yeah, I don't think I want any of them for CFF. And if you can't separate from Elijah Collins and Jaden Nixon, I don't think I want you for Debbie. Yeah. The elusive rating is still pretty good, even though it's second page. It's second page in the same realm as guys like Braylon Allen, some other nice names on this, Roland Hemby, Marshawn Lloyd, like so – just, you know, you don't have to have the highest number in that to be useful. All the really high numbers are guys with, like, two carries, you know? Yeah, so, I think um, I think Ollie Gordon's dead, though. Yeah, I, I think he's pretty dead. I'm, I'm probably trying not to drop him, but I'm not scared to if I needed the space. I haven't gotten that deep. But, you know, by week 10, he might be Oslo homie. <laughs> You got a couple more here. You yeah, my next one is uh, Northern Illinois wide receiver Trayvon Rudolph, a guy who was super efficient in a low-volume passing offense as a freshman, missed um, all of last year with an injury, and hasn't gotten it done once returning. Um, in this yeah, game against yeah. Nebraska this week, one target, one reception, five yards. Um, 35 pass attempts, and he definitely seems to be jumped by Casper Rutkowitzk. Are you uh, are you holding on to hope here? Um, I have one league where I kind of have to keep him on my roster just because I don't have enough drops, but or n- enough ads. But I don't I don't think you should be. Um, the target numbers just aren't there. He's like 
fourth or fifth on the team in targets on an offense that doesn't throw the ball often. Yeah. Yeah, I dropped him last week in the only shares I had. That's a bummer, though. It's a guy I really liked. Yeah, and I hope, man, he looked great two years ago. But major injuries, you know, maybe he bounces back next year, but by that point he's going to be like 22 or something. So, yeah, if he's not already. Big bummer. Uh, so I got one more guy. Tennessee wide receiver Dante Thornton. Is there a chance he happens next year? Um, no, he's not good at football. He sucks, right? He is very good at running in shorts and very bad at playing football, it would appear. He tracks the ball very poorly, um, doesn't really attack the football at all either, which is concerning. Um, my biggest concern about Dante Thornton in this Tennessee offense right now is why is he on the field? <laughs> you, like, it it, it looks so bad that, like, why isn't, like, 2022 high four-star Caleb Webb on the field at all? And, yeah, what I mean, is he also like bad Nathan Leacock I mean... or all these high four-star guys they've brought in. I think need to get a chance before Thornton does, and but the staff is so infatuated with what Thornton could be because he's tall and fast, but doesn't seem to be good at the football part of things. Yeah, I mean, it always worries me about the guys that aren't playing and how bad they are. But <laughs> all right, I I'm I'm My, he's on I do have one more. Sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. One more uh, tight end position, Utah tight end, Thomas Yasmin, um, a guy who had some hype coming into the season. I hyped him up coming into the season. 2.7 points per game, four targets, zero targets, and two targets. Caught both those targets for 15 yards this week against Weber State. And Brant Kuthi hasn't even played a snap yet. Um, yeah, it's kidding. Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, we we kind of hyped him up that he might be. I mean, he's a guy who's super athletic like Kincaid, but right. part of it is the offense isn't throwing the ball a ton. I mean, well, like... And they have Nate... a receiver that doesn't suck. Yeah, Mikey Matthews. Mikey Matthews. Yeah. True freshman. And um, what, Muddy, Muddy Parks, I think. Muddy Parks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Matthews is the guy if you want to roster a guy, but I, unless you think he's a Debbie player, I don't need to roster a pass catcher from Utah at this moment. Yeah. But I don't know. True obviously, holding, obviously holding Keithy. But. Yeah, Keithy, yeah, for sure. Uh, hoping he comes back, man. I mean, he's a kid that we thought could go to the draft two years, two years ago, ago, right? Like, uh, seemed like a bad decision not to take that day three money at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm still excited for what this Utah team can be with uh, Keithy and Rising healthy, but I don't know. We still, they still have to get healthy. It's the biggest thing. But yeah. are we dropping right. Yasmin or are we waiting for the quarterback to get healthy? I assume there's better people to drop, but I don't care if you have to. But I do feel like tight ends can come like out of nowhere, like later in their career. So I think you're more likely to wind up regretting that than you are regretting dropping some of these, you know, 
fourth year, fifth year guys. Yeah, I mean, as a whole, 20 attempts, 24 attempts, and 22 attempts. So, like, they're not doing anything through the air. I think that part of that's obviously because they're not, they don't have their star, star quarterback. So, I don't know. Willing to hold him in limited waivers, I think. Me too. You want to do, are they for real? I think it's time. I think it's time. Uh, are they I, for real? Are they for real? Um, maybe. So, maybe. Do you want to do your interest in talk? May chance. May chance. Per chance. Um, are you interested in talking about Monogai or should I? Um, you can start. Give me your take. So, Kyle Monogai, or as I like I to think call it's him, a Money Guy. Money guy. guy. (laughs) So, look, he's been ripping it up since really the first week. I think the hesitation there, at least I'll speak for myself, has been that he was not supposed to be the starter. It was supposed to be uh, Sam Brown, who is very athletic, who I like a little bit. And uh, I'm trying to find – is it Monagai? Monagai. Manangai. Um, There's an yeah, N right. Here's before a, the G. Manangai. Um, here is his game log so far this year. Uh, 14 carries, 49 yards. Sure. 28 carries, 165 yards. 16 carries, 143 yards. Two of those were against P5 teams, although questionable ones at that. But, dude, he's getting volume, you know? And I, is this one of those things where maybe he doesn't give the job back and Sam Brown comes back? Um, Sam I mean, Brown is, is back. Sam Brown oh. has played like 10 snaps in both the last two games. Is he like working back or is it just, this is, I guess that's my I question. Is it Manonga's job? I don't know enough about Rutgers. I think it's Manonga's yeah. job. I think it's Manonga's um, job at this point. I think the issue though is he's beat up on Temple and Virginia Tech. Yeah, I think exactly. are two very bad rush defenses. And like next week they get Michigan. You're I would not start Kyle Madongai against Michigan. He is not that real. Um, you don't want to start anyone against Michigan. <laughs> but look, I, I, would, I think it I might, maybe it's a guy. Travion Henderson against Michigan, but would you? Um, I would. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But anyways, I, but I, I think the good thing about a guy like Madongai is that you know when to start him, right? If he's playing fair. a G five team. If he's playing a weak P five team, he's probably going to pile up carries and yards. He's playing in a lead offense. Leave him on your bench. Easy decision. So yeah, right. let's uh real quick. Their schedule. They get Michigan this week, and then Wagner. You can start them against Wagner. Uh, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Indiana, Ohio State. Who's the other Iowa, scary, Penn though? State, Ohio- Maryland. Ohio State. They're probably not running the ball, but or Iowa or Penn State. Or Iowa Maryland's or Penn State. Better. Maryland's fine. Michigan State's certainly not scary. Uh, Wisconsin's defense isn't good this year. Not like the way it usually is. Yeah, but they're probably still bigger than Rutgers. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. So is he for real? I don't know. He's going to get volume. That's what we can see. Yeah, I think the volume's real. I don't think he's a special yeah. talent. Special talent, and he's on a crappy team for the most part. All right. Thomas Castellanos. Was that me or was that you? Where'd this come from? 
I don't know, but I'll t- I'll take him. I love Thomas Cassianos, um, the, uh, the redshirt freshman quarterback for Boston College, almost led them to the upset against Florida State, basically by himself. Um, and he's, I think, coming out of high school. Um, who was it? I think it was Felix Sharp said that Thomas Castellanos is the best quarterback rusher he's seen in high school. And I think that's fair. Um, he was a superb athlete and still is. Um, I love that he won the job at Boston College, albeit not immediately, but eventually. And he's not going to give it up if he's um, balling out against Florida State, you know? Um, yeah, man. He's a guy who, honestly... I would have loved to see more at UCF because I think they're they're a little better at utilizing a Russian quarterback. But um, I think he his talent is for real. I think he's a hell of a rusher, and I don't think he's a bad passer. He has not looked like a bad passer yet. Yeah, well, dude, Florida State's defense is legit. They were they got in his face in that game over and over again. He made some nice throws, made some mistakes too. But like, gosh, you're playing a vastly superior team as a, a, you know your first year as a starting quarterback with inferior talent around you i'm i'm in on him honestly he's a guy that like i think i put him in the waiver list but you know he, he ought to be because he's a guy yeah. that like if he's doing this now maybe next year he gets a zay flowers type guy and just goes nuclear you know you don't know it could happen there's a lot of things that could happen to improve his situation mm-hmm. for sure okay um, I threw Darius Taylor in here. You think Darius? This is like Darius yeah, Taylor. I, th- I think that's I think that's done and dusted. He is for real, for real. But is he an NFL talent? That was my question. Oh, I um have kind of just been clicking in and out of Minnesota games, so I haven't really totally evaluated him for that yet. I think coming in, if I remember correctly, there's some interesting um stats about him i read that he ran a 10 4 to 100 that's or 10 6 that's legit yeah um i don't know if it's true but that's uh it's not a joke yeah let me see if i can pull up some of my my freshman stuff i do remember like thinking he was pretty good as a um, high school senior. So I, I, I think there's something there. Um, I, I, I'm obviously not willing to go like all the way off the deep end. He's played like two games as a starter and um, I haven't had the chance to watch them, but I lean yes. I saw the 100-meter thing and that first breakout game, and then I used, I have a league where I put I have one claim a year, and I was like, eh, I'm going to use it on him because I'm not like a superstar team there. So I think like, there's right. probably better. There's better CFF players I, I could have got, but I think he's got Debbie potential. As much as any freshman is going to break out that wasn't drafted, like that league's all sharps. They didn't let many uh, highly recruited guys fall through the cracks. So, I think that's um, um, a smart pickup. Yeah. And a good use of your. So, as a high school senior, he had 268 carries 
for 2,450 yards and 36 touchdowns and was a um, also a wrestler in high school. And a <laughs> I, I love the wrestler, run. though. Honestly, probably got some hand technique, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, he, uh, he looks really good between the tackles. So yeah. I think that's Catching something passes, that is, you know, it's all adding up for me. All right. Yeah. One thing I have written down though is he was listed at 195 coming in. So uh, they're listing him over 200 now. So okay. Yeah. All right. Kate and Salter. Kate on Salter. Yes. Absolutely. 100%. Like for real. How, how, what's Is he an NFL player or is he a college um, superstar? He has the attributes, the physical Malik attributes Willis. of an NFL player. Um, I don't, I don't really think he gets there, but he's gonna freaking kill it in the CUSA schedule. Yeah. Um, do you think he could be? Do you think he could be a top? He's already didn't really have many their highlights. I'm gonna shut him off. Um, <laughs> do you think he's a top ten CFF QB for like CFF dynasty? Yes. Yes, I think That's- any quarterback who could get twenty carries a game should be up there. And I think he's one of the ones who will do that and will be efficient with them. Yeah. All right, cool. I had one last guy talked about Sean Williams, Iowa running back was the guy last year, kind of lost his job to Caleb Johnson, who's been terrible this year. The Sean Williams got the job back. Maybe. Kamari uh, Moulton stole the red zone touches. I mean, I guess this is a twofold. Is the Caleb Johnson dream done? Yes. And is LaShawn Williams the guy? Caleb Johnson is toast. She sucks, huh? Um, Sad to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, 12 carries, 145 yards with a long of 53. So that means you take that away, he still had 11 carries, 90 yards for LaShawn Williams. Against WMU, but it's not like... It was a you know FCS team either. Yeah, I I think he's probably the guy. The one issue I have is the freshman Kamari Moulton gets eight carries and two of them go for touchdowns. So he's kind of small. No, I think Lashawn Williams is the like Amani Bailey and maybe Moulton is the Trey Sanders. The Trey Sanders, um, yeah. But no, I, I I think it'll probably be Lashawn Williams. I'd love to see them. It's crazy. I'd love to see Iowa of all teams run the ball a little more. <laughs> yeah, why? But, yeah. They can't pass it. So, hey, they scored forty-one. That's way over the twenty-five that Brian. Frost way rated. over the twenty. Have you seen and, the the gift with the twenty-five yard? <laughs> yes. So fun. But sadly for me, they scored in like the fourth quarter with like two minutes left, and backdoor covered my Western Michigan oh, plus twenty-eight. Nothing is worse than that. That's uh, so frustrating. They could have just took it a knee and they scored another touchdown because they want Brian Friends to keep his job or something. Oh, okay. so yeah, I think LaShawn Williams pretty real, pretty, pretty real. All right, very exciting. That's all I had. Did you have any this week? Um, no, I think I put Castellanos and Salter. No, I put Manunga and Castellanos. Okay, <laughs> you put something. You put something yeah. in there. Uh, okay. All right. It is time, my friend, 
for the somewhat inaptly named five plays and five stats. Yeah, you put uh, three stats in the. <laughs> I put five so, stats. So she, you put three stats originally, <laughs> so I put three. <laughs> anyway, five we're watching like stats. twelve plays, and there's five stats, and you know what you call it? You call it some plays and some stats. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm on board All with right. that. Anyway. Right, so this week, and I, I know we've talked about him at length already, but. I kind of want to do, you know, I he's, have the he's the most polarizing up. guy there is. I think it's important to yeah. talk about him. Important to talk about. So we're going to talk about the Colorado offense, mostly about Shader Sanders. We didn't want to be too broad in this because we don't want to make it a 30 minute segment. So uh, all right, I'm going to read the stats first. So here's the stats. Pressure to sack ratio, 28.3%. So that means 28% of the time that he's pressured, Shader Sanders has taken a sack thus so far that is a bottom 25 number essentially among starting quarterbacks in cfo five five sacks a game for shader sanders through three games big time throw percentage 4.7 4.7 percent big time throws that is 56th in starting quarterbacks from the 24 25 classes Got two other stats for you. These aren't Shader Sanders stats, but they're fun stats. The guy that I like a lot that I think is helping Sanders succeed, 2.46. That is the yards per route run for Xavier Weaver through three games. 5.5 yards after con uh, yards after the catch per reception for Xavier Weaver. So painting a little bit of a picture here, right? And I I'm less out on Sanders than Kyle is. I'm kind of, I think, in the middle. I'm, I see the, I see the assets and I see some deficiencies. I think the deficiencies, for the most part, are things that he can work on. But you know, certainly things that, oh, I made it go away. Certainly things that he has to work on if he's going to succeed in the next level. Does he get drafted no matter what? Yeah, but y- y- you know, um, and I think he gets drafted. I think he gets drafted highly no matter what. Just the hype train is is real for sure. So let's watch some football. Cool. And Kyle, if you want to talk about anything, stop me. I know I'm a motor mouth. Just just hop right in. So we get some plays here. And a lot of the plays that we chose to look at today really have to do with Sanders under pressure, Sanders rolling out of the pocket, and then some of his really nice throws too. This first one, and this is how and I watched this a couple of times, and we're like, oh, sorry. We're like, why does he roll out here? But he's, you know, he steps up, kind of evades up instead of just stepping up. And that's just one of our big knocks on him is we like to see him step up. And then he rolls out. And Kyle, Kyle's immediate question is, how tall is he? You know, <laughs> did he have a hard time seeing over the lineman, or is he just more comfortable getting out of the pocket? Did he need to get out of the pocket? Um, and you see this from him a lot. Like he he's, seems to be more comfortable rolling out. And yeah, sure, a good coordinator can play to his strengths. A lot of his skill set seems to be that of a pocket passer, though. It's his accuracy, his timing that I like a lot. I certainly like the escapability, but I think a lot of it doesn't work at the next level. 
No, and this is when the escapability goes wrong. This is something you you, you think you'd just um, you'd like to see him just get rid of this. You know what I mean? Um, you know, it's, I love the agility. I love that he can get away from so many tackles. But like, I don't think he's got the athleticism that he's going to need to do that at the next level. I, he's not. Patrick Mahomes athletically. He's not Josh Allen athletically, right? Um, so here's one. You know, again, he starts drifting out of the pocket. Like, why is he drifting out of the pocket there? Like, if he doesn't drift, that if he doesn't drift, that defensive end is not coming back right behind him. Like his tackle can stay kind of in between him, but he drifts. Right, I mean, and then that defensive tackle gets free because of right. his drifting. Exactly. So this, like, and, you know, he kind of escapes the bad situation he created for himself here, but you feel like the pressure is a little bit of a self-inflicted wound here. And, you know, yeah, I mean, it's really cool that he can dodge all these tackles and still, like, nothing really happens. You know, he could have just thrown the ball away and really gotten the same net result. Um, And, again, like, I think Kyle and I are both looking at that thing. Like, NFL defensive ends, like, you're not – you're not, that's a 10 yard sack in the NFL, right? Yeah. Like, that is significant lost yardage. But, like, that doesn't freak me out. Like, that he'll, he'll take some sacks in his rookie year, he'll get murdered. And, uh, if yeah, he's, I think he hopefully, if he's taking a sack on 40% of his pressures, he's not going to survive. I think he, I think he, he gets coached out or he washes out, but I think he gets coached out. You know, this I thought was a really nice pass, nice touch, nice timing on it. You know, we don't want to just bash on him. I think he's got some really nice attributes as a passer. I don't think he's got the most powerful arm, but I think he does make up for that with timing. And again, here, he starts ripping the ball. That's a, you know, he's, uh, who's that, Jimmy? That's the other kid, but Tavash Dawson. It's just wide open there, but, you know. He puts the pass in the bucket. It's a nice throw. A couple other really nice throws in this film, too. I put this one in, I think, like, a little bit trying to stick up for him. You know what I mean? I feel like there's a reason why he gets the happy feet, and it's this. (laughs) It really gets, like, his center becomes a weapon with which he is assaulted, right? This is tough. Is that his center, or is that his halfback? Oh, the tackle. Yeah, it's it's the running back. Oh, is it? Yeah, he's the chip. He's to get down. Oh, well, dude, that's that's Dylan Edwards. What are they doing putting a hundred and seventy pound guy chipping a linebacker? Anyway, you gotta, you gotta, gotta hit him in the knees. You gotta take him out. <laughs> yeah, go for the chop block. But um, so another one, you know, and he, he has an okay time to throw here. It's not like the ball snapped. There's pressure in his face. This is. Two and a half seconds. You know, and again, he gets away with the stiff arm, the scramble. I, I, this is what I like. This is a nice throw under pressure. Uh, it's Hunter. Hunter's pretty wide open. But still, the foresight to keep your eyes down the field, the ability to make that throw on the run, like these are nice traits that I like. These are some of his big assets for me. Um, yeah, he makes that throw on the run, but he doesn't make it in the pocket. To make it in the pocket. It's like he no, likes to throw on the run. Likes to throw on the run. Yeah. This is another one. Just pressure in his face. This this one he this one he hangs back and the the pressure throws it. 
kind of like, you know, you can see more of that from him. <laughs> it kind of looks like he has to load up to get the ball there, but yeah, he gets the ball there. Um, a couple other plays here for you. It's rolls another out nice, to the left you know, again for no reason. Rolls out to the left for no reason, right? Like not even really. Oh, look at the kid coming through but, the middle. Yeah, but he's on his face. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think for me, I think I feel kind of like, you know, there may be some reason he has a happy feet, but like that's a thing. You know, that time he kind of. Like, I feel like here, you step up in the pocket, right? Like, Yeah. And this is against, like, Nebraska, who, like, sure, they have some guys, but. You know what he kind of does? He got beat about, he got beat up against Colorado State, too. Um, He's probably going to get beat up against these small defenses, like Washington State and Cal. You know, right here. Again, I'm not a quarterback. I didn't play quarterback. I'm not saying I know better than Jader Sanders. I'm just saying looks like he could have probably got rid of the ball, you know, right here and not taken a bad sack for his team in the red zone, right? Like it's definitely not a desirable outcome for that play. More plays for you guys here. Throw it away. Throw it away, right? Well, and, it, and you say that, and then he throws it, and it's almost a touchdown. But yeah, just throw it away. That was my point here, basically. Is and again, well, okay, okay, I take that back. It's a two-point conversion. He oh, okay. He doesn't get another down. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But like, you know, the escapability is awesome. You know, and it's working for him. I just think he's not. If he tries to rely on that in the next level, he's going to get smashed. You know, I, yeah. I really think he should get drafted and sit. Put him behind. Jared Goff, you sit him behind a Kirk Cousins, you know, and let him let him learn on the bench for a year. Sit him behind Russell Wilson, right? Wouldn't Russell Wilson be a good mentor for him? I guess he plays like he's 5'10, like Russell Russ is. I honestly, dude, he probably ain't 6'2. Like he has <laughs> to slide out to see around that tackle. Like so, so more of the same. So I know you're if you guys listen to our midweek show, uh, Kyle's pretty out on Shader. I'm, I'm in the middle. I, I think he's definitely getting drafted, and, and I think the assets outweigh the liabilities right now. But I don't think it's wise to ignore the liabilities either. Uh, I think he's got a lot to work on if he's going to succeed in the NFL. I think you have to have less liabilities to be a first-round pick than how many he has. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, certainly a lot of people are very, 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 very high on him, including <laughs> some well-known draft analysts, some talking heads. But some of them tend to be clickbaity. J- JT loves him. I don't think JT is yeah. a clickbait guy. I think he's sold. You know, um, but you know, I think you and I both have a little more of a data bent to what we do, and some of the data points are real rough right now and have to get better. Yeah, and it's just like. Overcoming the physical limitations, adding on mental stuff isn't going to be helpful, I don't think. Yeah. All right. On to everybody's favorite segment here. The waiver wire. Waiver wire, waiver wire. We should have a waiver wire sound, too. We work on that. Waivers. I was thinking like like a nice bell sound. A guitar 
This guitar a bit. We should play the rock song. The rock song. <laughs> Make it happen. Do it. Ah, Do it. Ah, I got it. I got it. I got it. Waiver wire. I can use my TV announcer voice. The waiver wire. The waiver wire. Anyway, the guys okay. on the waiver wire. What did, and on on the whole, what did you think of the waiver wire this week? I think it's drying up of it, CFF it's, studs. Yeah, it's obviously drying up of studs. I think that's to be expected. But I think I have like four that I think are still studs. Maybe five. No. Honestly, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Some of these numbers are whack Nine. on your own. I think – okay, I did the ownership numbers on Sunday. That's why. No, no, I I, I believe you that they're accurate, oh. but I think a lot of them reflect CFF and not CTC, right? Like I, I don't think LJ Martin is unrostered in any competitive campus to Canton I'm in. He was like RB20 in the freshman class. I know. I mean, uh, sure, like, people, people jump like on the me freshman took him quicker. After, like week one. I, yeah. I grabbed him in like four leagues after week one. And I'm not like – some kind of super genius. It was like he was getting we're, the drum beat. He was we're not doing this show just for to see, you know. That's true. That's but, true. So yeah, I think there's like, like nine. I think there's still like nine guys I have who are CFF yeah. super relevant, and I think it, you have a couple too. Yeah, and I would just say like before anything else, I know I'm in at least one league where Darius Taylor is unrostered. I probably don't have the cash to get him. I'm in at least one league where Gage Lardavane is unrostered. I probably don't have the cash to get him because I have blown my cash there. But, like, check to see if those guys are unrostered before you do anything else. I'm in one league where Kadon Salter is unrostered. And he's yeah, only 37%. I I'm pretty sure he's he's taken an old mine, but, man. Yeah, only 37%. I, I, so, mostly rostered, but a little low still. All right, I'll start off. I got two tight ends for you, and I think these are my priority ads of the week because the tight end position is drying up, and these two seem to be top five kind of locked in. The first of which is the one of the two that I'm least excited about. That is Tanner Koziol, the Ball State tight end. He has been balling out with Brady Hunt out. He's still only rostered in 30% of leagues. That's usually about the cutoff for where we considered Consider guys to be waiver assets. So if your leagues are asleep, make sure you pick up Tanner Koziel. And then at 29% rostered, Dallin Holker, the Colorado State tight end, who we mentioned having a huge game against Colorado this week, um, still on the waiver wire in 61% of leagues or 71% of leagues. So um, I would blow quite a bit of my cash on Dallin Holker. I think he gives you a huge positional advantage. That's really only rivaled by a healthy Brock Bowers. Um, yeah. Holker's so. still out there in, in four of mine. Mine tend to be pretty competitive because we have open waivers or weekly in many of them. I looked, Koziol's not 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 unowned in any of them, but, Col- but uh, Holker's unrostered in several. Yeah, Holker's a guy who a lot of the uh, CFF Types like uh, Volume Pigs was on him. Jared was on him. I know I was on him. Um, yeah. So he's he does, he is well. he was drafted quite a bit, but in yeah. those leagues where he wasn't drafted, those maybe 
less sharp leagues, he's probably still available. Well, I, 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 Holker's one of those guys that was in my queue in a lot of leagues, but just never kind of quite got there. But part of that's my philosophy too. Like you've seen my tight end rooms. Like I have like Lachey, Gadsden, or Bowers in like 70% of my leagues because I believe in, in CFF even more than in the NFL, it's elite tight end or bust. Unfortunately, this year it's just been elite tight ends busted. <laughs> yeah, I was a um, I was a Hunt Holker type guy. So nice. Yeah, I do have some Hunt for sure. He went early, like early in the first drafts. You could get him in the mid rounds, and the later ones I was in, you had to take him like the fourth or the fifth, which seemed a little steep um, for what he is, really. But um, so I think my top guys are Munangai. Um, if you need a uh, running back, um, I, I think he's, I think you, you're going to know when to play him and he's going to, going to have some multi-touchdown games and, and really o- over Manungai, over anyone else except Darius and Lardavane, it's Nate McCollum. He's not unrostered in a ton, but he certainly is in a few. Again, I know of like one of mine he is, and I, again, I don't, I don't think I've got the loot to get him, um, but I am going to throw the loot I have at him, I think. What kind of percentage would you put on the column? Like, how much are you willing to – how much faith do you have in this one week as the sign of things to come? Are we talking C2C or CFF? I I mean, C2C, yeah. Okay, I, do you think he's an NFL guy? I think he's a day three pick. Um, not that much. Cause there's other guys I'd rather have than at the wide receiver position. Yeah. I, there's a couple of guys on your list that I am a big fan of. And then I, I, Amani Bailey, we're both very high on him at this point. I think he lacks a little bit of upside, but I think he's got a really good weekly floor. And I think you're going to see his role continue to increase. I'd rather have the- Bailey than Manon guy. I think that's a much better rushing offense at TCU. And I think they're they're actually going to be able to run on the defenses they're playing against. I just think like I think Manonga's ceiling games are going to be better than Bailey's ceiling games. Sure, but I don't think you can play Manonga in the playoffs. I think his schedule's too hard. Yeah, it's a good point, and I am considering that when I'm weighing options A and B. So I think the other guy I I really want to talk about was Robert Lewis. We talked about Robert Lewis twice already tonight. He's a guy that was already on my radar, already on your waiver, your your radar as well. And then I think you really cemented that with just a blow up game. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he'll be unrostered in very many spots. Come he Friday is he is my number two wide receiver this week for waivers. So yeah. I'm I'm right there with you. I think um, the signs were pointing us there before the season. I'm kind of bummed I didn't see him. Yeah, or like week one for a dollar. Like, oh, God, that's so profitable if you can grab these guys for a dollar week one. I got some Pofeli like that, and that's like it's like a free early-round draft pick, you know? Mm-hmm. My wide receiver one, though, for the week is Colin Lacey, the South Alabama wide receiver who we talked about. I just think he sees more targets than Lewis for the rest of the season with Voison out with the ACL. Um, I think he's going to be the the man in this offense. And I think we've seen that be very successful, whether, whether it be Jalen Tolbert or Jared Wayne or Jalen Wayne. Um, so very excited about Colin Lacey. 
And Leite's a guy that had some good games in Memphis back in the day, and he could just never really was able to fully take it over, but he seems like maybe he's found another gear this year. And, yeah, I am also very excited about Lacey. I think I might take Lewis over Lacey, but I can totally argue both sides of it. Yeah, Lacey's a guy who I um, was drafting quite a bit of, so I already have him rostered in three yeah, of we, my leagues. We, both, we had him pretty high on our big board, which mm-hmm. I think we owe that to ourselves to do a midweek episode, one of our Thursday-Friday episodes, and kind of Where revisit the big lap? board. <laughs> Not so much victory lap, but like, hey, let's let's you know, let's uh let's make some adjustments, let's let's flesh it out and let's really like look at the tool and how we get. Yeah, for sure. Um and then my RB one in C2C, not in CFF, LJ Martin, BYU, the freshman, as we talked about, nine percent rostered. Um, like we said, probably rostered more in sharp C2C leagues. But, um, you know, the ones without the Sharps and the ones... You know what? Uh, this is shocking to me, but in my 16 C2C or whatever I have, he's only rostered in six, and three of those are by me. Oh, wow. So I don't think that's going to last. <laughs> no, no. That won't last. He's available <laughs> in two of my, like, six... Yeah, and these are most of these leagues have like, yeah, you you know the ones that I'm in with like the Austins and like those guys. He's yeah, he's not available um, for the most part. But yeah, I mean, I have six. He's available in two, and I roster him in two. So yeah, tough scene. Uh, my wide receiver three slash four, because I don't know what I'm doing with both these guys. Xavier Henderson is still av- available in 77% of leagues, rostered in just 23. Um, he had another big week in week three after, you know, a little bit of a snafu in week two. I think um, this week three performance is more of what's to come compared to week two. And so I'm still pretty excited about Xavier Henderson and his little... Um, connection with Emory Jones. And then at 15% owned, the other wide receiver I have in this tier is Nevada wide receiver Jamal Bell. Um, He has been a bit of a target hog week one and two. I think he was at 12 and 15, if I remember correctly. Um, And then in week three, he saw just three targets against Kansas. I think that was more of a uh, just like Kansas keying in on him type thing. Um, I think he is the guy in this offense, and I think he'll continue to be the guy. And he's available in four of my CTCs. So that's a guy who's basically free, who's averaging 18.6 fantasy points per game and averaging like 20-something if you take out the Kansas game. Yeah, and he is in my my, – as well for sure um michael harrison we talked about him briefly before the show uh wide receiver slash tight end hybrid for colorado obviously airing it out and he seemed to get a lot of run this past week when travis hunter sadly dealt with an injury i hope it's not that bad for hunter i think he's gonna be back later this season but in the interim you might have a wide receiver getting seven targets a game in a spread type offense that you can start at tight end, which is pretty freaking sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, I think he will definitely fill a role for you for like the next three weeks before Hunter can come back. So I'm with you. And then one other guy that I – oh, go ahead. I have two more tight ends. It looks like you have one more tight end. I didn't actually write these down, but I feel like it's very important to talk about them because they're both freshmen and they're both performing very well. Uh, The first of which is Luke Haas. That's the first Uh, first one I was going to go to. Awesome. I, I, I could be Victor Lapping Haas because yeah, I think exactly. I'm the only person in all of Debbie and CTC that was on Haas preseason. The uh, Arkansas tight end as a freshman has three, four, and five targets in his first three collegiate games. This week he turned in four receptions for 78 yards and a touchdown against BYU. So um, big things to come for him. Rostered in just 10% of leagues. And then, like you said, Max Clare, the Purdue tight end, rostered in just 4% of leagues as a true freshman, has target totals of 4 in Week 1, 9 in Week 2, and 7 in Week 3. That's pretty um, important, I think. I think that's a guy who I want to pick up quite a bit of shares of. He's put up 20.4 and 15.25 points in the last two weeks. So, I see you already have Colin Lacey in Born and Raised. Oh, yeah, of course. I drafted him, I believe. I drafted him in a few places, but yeah. Um, yeah, and I was going to say, we've seen Purdue tight ends do really well in CFF in the past. I forget who it was, but a couple Durham. of classes ago. Yeah, Durham was was great for a couple of years. Uh, I think even going back further, there was there was other guys as well. But yeah, I think there's a lot of... Um, a lot of reason to be hyped about that kid for CFF at the very least, uh, if not for some eventual NFL future. I mean, I don't, you don't know anything about a tight end until you know how athletic he is. And I don't think we have that information, but certainly reason to pay attention at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. You want to do your last couple here? Yeah. So uh, the other guys I had was Lewis Brown, who is the wide receiver two for Colorado state, right? Lewis Brown. That was, I think it's Louis Brown, but Louis and Brown. he's the wide receiver uh, three. Uh, who's the wide receiver two? Justice Ross Simmons. Just didn't do very well this week, but has been the wide receiver two through weeks one and two. Right, 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 right. Well, this kid is a, a week uh, sophomore. One. Yeah, either either Richard. Yeah. So, anyways, this kid's younger. Kind of prototypical size. I could see him having an increasing role. And then also, like we both said, mostly I takes are CTC. And um, Horton is certainly moving on after this year. He's going to get drafted. So a lot of room for Louis Brown um, in the future to really build on what he's doing this season. And um, Yeah, he had he 10 targets this week and caught all of them for 131 yards and a score. Yeah. So pretty nice, pretty nice work. And and you know, in his worst week, in his you know first week, probably starting for this team, four receptions, thirty-five yards. Not a bad first week of work for a sophomore. So he uh, could be a guy that's increasing in role as the season goes on. Maybe a guy that down the stretch is uh, doing some damage for you. Uh, and then the that. other one I had is Jalen Lucas um, from Indiana. Really explosive tight end. I'm not that amped about him for CFS. Running back. Yeah, running back. Uh, but kid's been really explosive. I just I don't know how much I trust Indiana, but you know I'm amped about him if he gets ten targets a game like he did this week. 
Right. Well, and that's the thing that I like about him, right, is I feel like he's relatively matchup-proof. When they're down, he's going to be getting targets. He's run the ball well, if not with volume. Um, so I think there's some room for, for, for upside there with him. I'm not spending any real money on him, but he's a guy that, like, if I have some cash, I'm probably throwing a dollar at uh, just to see what happens. He's a guy who's just a really, really great athlete. I mean, he was a, like, All-American kick and punt returner last season um, and is, like, kind of using that skill set on the offensive side of the football now. Um, my concern is that this offense is still kind of growing with Taven Jackson at the quarterback. And I think the end goal is not to throw it to the running back 10 times, but to, you know, push the ball downfield a little bit, try to find Cam Camper a little bit more. Um, so I don't think these this 10 targets a game are going to happen often, but they do seem to want to use that as an extension of the run game because they're not going to get Lucas going between the tackles because of his size and whatnot. So those little dump-off passes are going to be a big part of their you know, rushing game, even though it counts as a PPR point for Lucas. So I do like it. Yeah. And then I had one tight end as well. Uh, the one guy you didn't bring up that I like is Jack Westover from Washington. Um, he's, I wish I should probably pull up his stats before I, I bring these guys up. But three receptions, had, three, tar- three touchdowns. Yeah. And then we, but week one, I believe he had, uh, a really good game too. Yeah, five targets, five catches, fifty-nine yards. Um, so he certainly he's a red zone weapon for them. Uh, maybe a, a guy that can grow in that role uh, for them. So, yeah, I I just thought his performance was a little fluky. So I'm not huge on Westover. Um, I have a couple of quarterbacks, real quick. Kadon Salter. Um, as we mentioned, needs to be picked up if he's not rostered in your leagues yet. Um, Thomas Castellanos, who we talked about earlier in the show, is rostered in just 6% of leagues. He's another guy who could rush the ball 20 times a game and still be efficient, um, and that kind of production is great at the quarterback position. And then a guy who's going to make his money through the air and is rostered in just 1% of leagues is Colorado State quarterback Braden Fowler, Nicolosi. Um, we've talked about Tory Horton. We've talked about Louie Brown. We've talked about Dallin Holker. The guy giving them these passes, letting them work down the field is Braden Fowler, Nicolosi. I think this offense is going to be great against Mountain West teams. So I want their quarterback, especially because they're a pass first team. And then um, speaking of Kadon Salter and speaking of Liberty. C.J. Daniels, their wide receiver one, is averaging 15.7 points per game this season. In the last two games, he's had four receptions, 129 yards, and a touchdown, and four receptions, 106 yards, and a touchdown, with seven targets in both those games. He's kind of a volatile um, type wide receiver who could catch a big play every week. Um if you're playing in like one of those like best ball leagues with waivers, which are like kind of my starting to become my favorite leagues for CFF. Um, I think I definitely want CJ Daniels who's rostered in just 6% of leagues. And then at Virginia Malik Washington um, has really stepped into that wide receiver one role after Anthony Calandria took over the quarterback job. And um, 
more so than Malachi Fields, who was like the wide receiver one for Tony Musket. It seems like Washington's the wide receiver one for Calandria. They're going to be playing from behind all the time. Anthony Calandria looks like a pretty solid quarterback. So I want Malik Washington on my teams. I think he's pretty cheap. Um, if you're playing, if you have an open spot, I want Malik Washington, who's rostered in just 2% of leagues. And then my steal of the week. I'm going to call my shot right here. Charlotte wide receiver Jack Hesterera. Rostered in 0% of fan tracks, college fantasy football leagues. He is a guy who has gotten the targets, the target share in the Charlotte offense. He's um, up near like 30% target share on the season, but they haven't been throwing the football in weeks one and two. Um, They were definitely a run first team with a bad quarterback early on this season with Jalen Jones in weeks one, they threw the ball 24 times week two. They threw the ball 25 times. And this week in week three, they bench Jalen Jones. They bring in Trexler Ivy to play quarterback and they throw the ball 41 times. Um, This is a team that's bad on defense not great rushing the football. They're going to be behind. They're going to throw the ball. And if they're going to open it up for Ivy to throw 41 times a game, he targeted Jack Hestera nine times in week three. He caught seven passes for 109 yards and a touchdown. I think he seems to be the wide receiver one in this offense. If they're going to open it up and throw the football, I want Jack Hestera. And he's available in like every single league. So that's my shot for the week. I'm going to call it. Love it. Love it. All right, my friend. I think that's about a wrap. That's you a wrap. Any, you got any parting words of wisdom? Um, hopefully you drafted good players and they're playing well. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. none of your guys throw three interceptions this week. Um, Unfortunately, if you roster Quinn Ewers, you're SOL. Ewers killing me. It, could you say Quinn Ewers? Oh, you're pushing it. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, I think we're going to do a mid, midweek show again this week. Probably have a nice guest on for that one. Do some start sit. Maybe do some more like Debbie content. And uh, we'll work on that. But uh, until then, uh, good luck. Unless you're playing me this week.